Hi, I'm Gary, and this is episode 113, 113 of EV Musings, a podcast about renewables, electric vehicles, and things that are interesting to electric vehicle owners. On the show today, we'll be looking at finding charges. How do you know where they are? This season of the podcast is sponsored by ZapMap. Before we start, I wanted to wish everyone a great Christmas slash Hanukkah slash Kwanzaa or whatever holiday celebration you may or may not observe. At the very least, I hope you get to spend some time either literally or virtually with your family. Our main topic of discussion today is finding charges. The first thing you do, either before or after you buy your first EV, is to try and find out where you can actually charge the thing. I was chatting with a woman from my local area recently and we got onto the topic of electric cars which is very unusual when you're having a conversation with me, but there we go. She said she was interested in getting one, but she was worried about the charging situation. I asked her why, because she has off-road parking and she can get her home charged without any difficulty. And she said, there aren't any public chargers. So I asked her how many petrol stations she thought there were in the UK, and she guessed about 20,000. I told her 8,000. And then I asked her how many charging locations there are. She guessed a few hundred. I told her there are over 17,000 with 45,000 actual chargers. She was honestly surprised to learn that there were over twice as many charging locations as petrol stations, as many ICE drivers are when they learn that particular fact. But then she turned to me and asked the question I always know is coming. Okay, so where are they all? On a recent episode of the podcast, Greg Yashkovich from the Take It EV podcast mentioned that he has Asperger's. I've, I've, I've got Asperger's. I've got, I, you know, living with, uh, with such a fantastic uh, issue of your brain is, is fantastic because if you get yourself, if you, t- if you turn your mind onto something, you're, full, you're fully in. In the same podcast, Gary Whitaker mentioned that he was monitoring any new charges that were installed. But assuming you don't have Asperger's or you don't have time to monitor any new charger installs, where do you find them? Well, that's what I want to talk about in this week's episode. Where are the chargers? How can you find them? How do you know they're right for your vehicle? If you're new to the world of EVs or are very close to buying your first EV, I suspect you might find this episode particularly interesting. For everyone else, stick around anyway and you might learn something you didn't know. Plus, have a little something for you all at the end. Everyone knows where petrol stations are. They're easy to find because they have large illuminated signs, distinct logos, and they're generally highly visible at the side of the road or in motorway service areas. You don't need a map to tell you where the nearest petrol station is, because chances are you can actually see it while driving. If not, there's a good chance that you can take an educated guess where it's located by using common sense. If you have a nearby supermarket but run by one of the top four grocery chains, as the Morrison Sainsbury's and Tesco's, and it's one of the larger sites, there's a very good chance it'll have a petrol station on the premises. But Electric vehicle chargers are a little less obvious, and that's both a good thing and a bad thing. How many of you noticed, for example, that at pretty much all the large Tesco stores in the country, there are now an average of four podpoint electric vehicle chargers on site? What about the fact that a growing number of the McDonald's stores in the country have Instavolt chargers there? How many of you, when, eat, when eating at a Marston's pub or a Miller & Carter restaurant, have noticed either an Osprey charger or a BP Pulse unit in the car park? Not all of them have them, but many of them do. If you know what you're looking for, there's literally thousands of chargers installed around the country, but the vast majority of them are sitting fairly unobtrusively in the corner of a car park somewhere. I was recently a local shopping centre going to get my COVID booster jab. I parked up in the car park, but chose to head directly to the top floor because I knew that over in the far corner, there were six fast chargers I could hook into for free. But there was very little signage in the car park indicating that. 
If you're ever in London, you probably won't notice that Ubertricity has cornered the market in on-street charging. They have dozens, nay hundreds, of chargers scattered across the capital. But unless you're specifically looking for them, you might not notice them. A lot of them look at first glance like the payment units for parking your, your car in the street. Even the larger charging locations that have sprung up recently are not particularly well marked. Everyone who listens to this podcast knows that I rate the GridServe Electric Forecourt in Braintree as an example of charging done right. 32 chargers, canopies, seating, shops, coffees, meeting room. It's a really great location. But it's not particularly well signposted. There's a small sign underneath the road sign at the nearest roundabout saying the electric forecourt. And right outside, there's the totem at the entrance. But it's not obvious what it's advertising. And it mainly shows the businesses that are housed at the site, such as Costum WH Smith. If you know what it is and what it does, it's fine. Otherwise, you see a large building with an unknown logo and the words electric forecourt emblazoned on it. And you might think, are they selling electric cars? Is it a place to buy a 12 volt battery for my Toyota? Well, if you know, you know. Otherwise, hmm. Likewise, the grid serve Herbert Rugby. It's in the motorway service area, but unless you were looking for it, there's very little in the way of signage to indicate where it is. While the BP petrol station on site is clearly signposted with both writing on the ground and placards at the side of the road, there's very little there to indicate EV charging until you actually get there. Even our good friends at Tesla are not immune to this. How many people know that the Heathrow supercharger is hidden around the back of the Hilton Hotel Terminal 5? Or that there's a 16-unit location just off a roundabout on the outskirts of Winnersh near Reading? Of course, with Tesla, this is all handled by the in-car navigation, but still, if you're aiming to improve the uptake of EVs, you need people to see that these chargers are more available and accessible than they otherwise might have thought. And all this is a way of saying that even though charging locations outnumber petrol stations by over two to one, it's easy to understand why people think there aren't any. So how do you find them? The easy answer is, we do a bit of research. All the main charge point operators provide apps and maps showing where the chargers are located. If you like Osprey, their app will locate a charger, tell you the status, navigate you there, and actually start and stop the charge. Likewise for Instavolt. BP Pulse will do the same and also has a website you can use to locate chargers. If you went to a certain charge point operator, you can use their app and you won't have any issues locating where the chargers are. It's dead easy. But if, like me, and I suspect many, many EV drivers, you like to spread the charging love around a little, it can be a bit of a pain to try and find chargers from different providers if you need to consult three or four different apps. I might use Osprey fairly near to where I live, but if I'm heading over towards uh, one location in North London where I work, I might be more inclined to use Instavolt as they have several over there. If I head to my parents' house in Yorkshire, the route up the M1 might be better served by using GridServe at the MSAs. That means I'm looking at three different apps to find my chargers. And this is where a consolidation app comes in quite nicely. A consolidation app is one which takes data from all the different charge point operators and presents it in a single place usually in a map format, allowing users to locate any charger they want and, usually, navigate directly there. There are any number of apps on the market, and I want to go through one or two of them now. If you're wanting to know where chargers are for route planning, then there's the app called the Better Route Planner. That lets you enter your vehicle type and start and stop points, and it'll calculate the route, highlighting all the chargers on the way. It has some pretty nifty calculation algorithms that let you know what state of charge you should be at when you stop, and how long you need to charge before you should move off. It was created by the people who run Teslas, and it's focused on the way Teslas operate, but it's been adapted for use with pretty much any EV. Then there's What's Up, 
not WhatsApp, WhatsApp. And it lets you put your route in and as you progress along it, it shows nearby charges and statuses and allows you to navigate there if you want. Personally, I've got to say, I've never managed to get along with WhatsApp as an app. It's useful if I'm in an unfamiliar area and I need to find the nearest charger. But the whole mapping process seems not never to fit my driving style. I'm not entirely sure why. PlugShare is the other app that lists pretty much all charges. That's some good ranking capabilities and route planning. It's owned by BP Pulse and it shows pretty much all the charges, but it will only allow you to filter BP charges or no filters at all. But our favourite app is ZapMap. It has both charging location functionality, route planning functionality, check-in and commenting functionality, and some great filtering to allow you to pick and choose just the charges you want to be able to see. Only looking for Osprey and Instavolt charges that have two or more charges and went live in the last 30 days? There's a filter for that. What about 7 kilowatt charges in supermarkets? Yep, you can filter that too. It also works on Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. In my opinion, it's the best on the market for what it does. Sure, there are other apps that are better at certain aspects of the functionality, but as the best all-rounder, ZapMap is the one you want. The filtering functionality is very useful in trying to work out which charges will work with your car. Let's say you drive a Nissan Leaf and you see on ZapMap that there's a nice Ionity charger nearby. You can head off and use that, right? Wrong. Ionity in the UK supports CCS charging only. In your Chadamo equipped Leaf, you won't be able to charge on this network. If you have a Renault Zoe 40 or earlier and you see that there's a nice Instavolt charger on your route, that's going to be a problem. Instavolt do CCS and Chadamo only and it won't charge your Zoe, which uses AC connection. With the appropriate filters, That'll narrow down the overwhelming mass of chargers that are out there and let you see which ones are available for you to use. What apps like this are doubly useful for is identifying destination chargers. As I mentioned earlier, I popped to a nearby town for my COVID booster jab. Because I checked on the app, I knew that on the top floor of a specific car park, there were half a dozen fast chargers, 7 kilowatt and higher, that I could use while I parked. I plugged in, went for the booster, and when I returned, my car was at 100% state of charge, all for free. Actually, as a side note, there's no such thing as free charging. Someone is paying for it, just not you directly. We talked about destination charging in episode 103 back at the start of this season, so if you want to learn more about that, give that episode a listen. At the end of the day, charge point operators really need to start looking at EV charging locations in a similar manner to fossil fuel. We've talked in earlier episodes about accessibility for disabled people, about having canopies and facilities to use while waiting. But one thing we haven't mentioned is having some way of easily identifying where charge units are located. BP, Shell, Texaco, Esso all have big, easily identifiable signs that guide drivers to their petrol stations. Why can't EV chargers have something similar? A nice visible sign on the road would be a great start. For those of you who stuck around to listen to this episode, I have a little surprise. As you know, ZapMap are our sponsors this season, and we've asked them if they'd help with a few free subscriptions to ZapMap Premium for our listeners. So to get one of these, all you've got to do is email me at evmusings at gmail.com with a one-line reason why you think you should get a free subscription to ZapMap Premium. This will give you access to more filters, allow you to save unlimited user filters and route plans and give you in-car support for Apple CarPlay or Android Auto. Melanie Shufflebottle from ZapMap will choose the top five responses from those received and they'll each win a three-month free subscription. Make sure you put the words ZapMap Competition in the title of your email and let me know whether you're on iOS or Android, please. It's time for a cool EV or renewable thing to share with your listeners. 
everyone wants nice, reliable chargers scattered all over the place, ready to be used wherever they are. But how do you know which companies are the most reliable? Well, you rely on the regular ZapMap survey. The latest iteration of this came out this week, and it shows that, once again, Instavolt takes top place, closely followed by newcomer MFG, Motor Fuel Group, and our personal favourite, Osprey Charging. And before the Tesla fanboys jump down my throat, Tesla were excluded from this survey, as they aren't classified as a public charging network yet. They're limited to just one type of vehicle. That may change, but for now it isn't. The big surprise here was that MFG Motor Fuel Group have come from almost nowhere to take second place. We're big fans of MFG, MFG, who are a chain that owns hundreds of petrol stations across the country, but has decided to start putting in charging hubs at quite a few of them. We'll talk charging hubs in an upcoming episode, but in the meantime, they have around 20 locations, most of which are within the M25. However, the vast majority of their locations have at least four rapid chargers, 150 kilowatts or above, and many have eight. Another slight surprise was GridSurf down in fifth place. This could be due to several of their units not working after the recent upgrade, and more particularly not implementing dual charging and having slower than expected charge speeds at motorway service areas. This is a little unfair, but it is what it is. BP Pulse is, unsurprisingly, at the, bo- at the moment, down in the bottom of the charts at 16th, beaten only by Charge Your Car, which BP Pulse also own, and the legacy electric highway units, which will disappear hopefully soon. The EV Musings podcast is sponsored by ZapMap. ZapMap is the go-to app for EV drivers in the UK. Use it to search for available chargers, plan electric journeys, pay for charging on participating networks, and share updates with other drivers. ZapMap is free to download and use with subscription plans for enhanced features, such as using ZapMap in-car on CarPlay or Android Auto. And that's the show for today. Hope you enjoyed listening to it. If you want to contact me, and if you want to reply to the competition, I can be emailed at evmusings at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at MusingsEV, but don't send your competition answers there. If you want to support the podcast and newsletter, please consider contributing to becoming an EV Musings patron. The link is in the show notes. Don't want to sign up for something on a monthly basis? Well, if you enjoyed this episode, why not buy me a coffee? Go to coffee.com slash evmusings, ko-fi.com slash evmusings, and you can buy me a coffee there. It takes Apple Pay too. If you want a quick reference ebook to read on your Kindle, I wrote a little something called So, You've Gone Electric. It's available on Amazon worldwide for the measly sum of 99p or equivalent, and it's a great little introduction to living with an electric car. Please check it out. Links for everything we've talked about in the podcast today are in the description. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. It's available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a review as it helps raise visibility and extend our reach in search engines. If you've reached this part of the podcast and are still listening, thank you. Why not let me know you've got to this point by tweeting me at MusingTV with the words, there are how many charges? Hashtag, if you know, you know. Nothing else. Thanks as always to my co-founder, Simon. Knew he has a virtual photographic memory. Show him a piece of paper, a document or an article, and he can regurgitate it verbatim forever after. I asked him how he manages to do it. He seemed quite resigned to the fact that he has this skill. You know, living with, uh, with such a fantastic uh, issue of your brain is, is fantastic. Thanks for listening. Bye.